here to talk about the Quarantine Act, exactly what it entails, what it is all about. We are joined by Stephen Hoffman. He is director of Global Strategy Lab and uh, global health law professor at York University. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Good morning. Thanks for being here. So first of all, let's break down the Quarantine Act because I have no previous knowledge of what is inside that Quarantine Act and how long it's actually been around. Can you give us a little bit of history? Well, the the Quarantine Act actually is being used every day in Canada. Uh, It's the act that requires people to let border officials know if they have a communicable disease or could pose a risk to other Canadians. It's what allows border officials to ask about health information and possibly recommend people to go see a quarantine officer who are on standby at every international airport in Canada every day uh, if that's needed. At this time, though, what it's really being used for in an extraordinary way is to require people returning to Canada to be quarantined for 14 days in their homes. Uh, No longer is that a request from the Prime Minister and the government. It's now a legally binding order for which there are potentially severe penalties if people don't follow it. The Act itself, uh, the newest version of the Act, was revised in 2005 after SARS, after the harsh lessons of SARS, recognizing that additional powers and flexibilities were needed. But there has been an ability to order quarantine uh, in public health for much longer than that beforehand. I understand the only people um, that are the exception to this Quarantine Act are essential workers. Are we talking about... Uh, nurses, doctors, uh, people that are keeping the supply chain going? Well, I I think that's uh, what we mean, but we actually don't yet know fully. Um, I think that uh, the government, as as rolling out, uh, still needs to let uh, everyone know exactly what's in, what's out. Um, We know at the provincial level, when provinces have declared emergencies and have closed businesses, we've seen different definitions as to what counts as an essential worker. Uh, In Ontario, it seems like it's... um, A lot of people uh, in Quebec, uh, it's a far shorter list. So it'll be important because this is a mandatory quarantine order that the government is very clear who counts as an essential worker. And um, I guess for this to be effective, it'll need to be a pretty small list. Uh, Our health minister, Patty Hadou, said that the new measure will provide clarity for those re-entering the country about essential, the essential need to self-isolate. Did we need clarity? I mean, is that the problem? I think people were pretty crystal clear. They just didn't want to abide. What's your opinion? Well, I I think that um, I think that might be part of the challenge that uh, there probably were some people. We don't know how many, but there probably were some who weren't following this very strong request from the government to self-quarantine upon arriving in Canada. Uh, We don't know. We don't have that that data. But also, um, I think while the federal government's communications were very clear that this was an expectation on Canadians, I think there was some mixed messages considering just how many people are involved in public health at the provincial level, municipal level, at the regions. And as a result, I think Canadians could be genuinely confused about what was actually expected of them. Can they go for a walk around the corner? Can they go to a grocery store? There's so many different situations. I think the government did want to leave some flexibility uh, to allow for people to act on certain unique cases that might be needed. But uh, ultimately, I guess the government felt that wasn't enough and felt they needed to move to a mandatory quarantine order for anyone returning to Canada uh, in order to provide that clarity. And at this point, There's no exceptions. Anyone coming to Canada uh, as of now 
will be in quarantine for 14 days. And if Canadians don't follow that, there could be potentially huge penalties that they might have to pay, including time in prison up to three years. Yeah, I heard $750,000 could be the fine. Well, in the Quarantine Act, uh, it could actually be even more. Um, So if someone knows they have this virus and Mm -hmm. intentionally engages in activities that put others at risk and that risk is realized, the Quarantine Act actually allows a penalty of up to $1 million and three years in prison. This is a serious act and it's being used because the government perceives a very serious threat. The Canada Border Services agents, they are the officers that, you know, will see you at the airport or see you at land crossings. They ultimately will be the people that will be tasked with informing all returning Canadians and permanent residents of the new quarantine orders and telling them that they're forbidden to stop along the way. How do you enforce that? Or are we essentially on the honor system once again? Well, that's a challenge. Uh, I mean, usually quarantine is applied to one, two, a few people at a time. This will be applied to thousands of people, right? Anyone who's arriving into Canada. Uh, I think it's going to be quite the logistical challenge for the government to implement this order uh, and actually ensure enforcement. My understanding is that the government is working to help people who don't have private transportation ability to get from, for example, an airport to their homes by themselves. Uh, they're going to try to work with uh, doing, making sure people do that and, and don't take public transit because that's not going to be allowed. Um, as how exactly they do that when there's thousands of people, uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, I guess maybe the hope of the government is that um, now that uh, travel is being so reduced, there's fewer and fewer people actually arriving in our country, uh, maybe making it more feasible as time goes on. I understand that one of the parts of this quarantine act is that no one will be permitted to quarantine anywhere uh, they come in contact with vulnerable people. So if you live with an elderly person, you're going into quarantine, but you're not, not going into a quarantine there. Um, according to the Public Health Agency of Canada, they said that they'll make arrangements for people to stay somewhere else, maybe a hotel. Or, you know, if people have second homes, I'm hearing that, you know, uh, there are people that are in cottage country not happy about people coming up to second homes, but they would actually those and Airbnbs would be a perfect place for people to quarantine, no? Uh, it could be, yep. Uh, I mean, that's certainly the case. Uh, if Assuming people are actually staying in quarantine, as they now legally have to do, uh, that's right, that could be a good option. But the government actually has many other options. Under the Quarantine Act, uh, the Minister of Health can actually designate any site in Canada as a quarantine site. And that, for example, could mean the Minister of Health could basically take a hotel and say, for this, from now on, this hotel is being used as a quarantine site and could make use of that or any other kind of building. Uh, of course, uh, the government would be expected to provide some kind of compensation, but it's, the Quarantine Act gives the legal authority to the minister to just take a site, uh, Institute for Quarantine, which actually then could be quite handy in this context in the sense of being able to provide people uh, with um, another place to be if they do live with people who are either immunocompromised or elderly who might be at greater risk. The uh, minister said officials have begun taking down contact information at the border and they'll follow up uh, with returning travelers to find out you are where you are with um, random inspections. Now, in some cases, that could Um, be good news. There's a lot of people without jobs. Maybe we'll be hiring people to do random inspections. But in Quebec City, they arrested a woman who tested positive for coronavirus after she went out for a walk. She violated her quarantine 
reporter, is the Quarantine Act dependent on us keeping an eye on each other and reporting it? And, you know, who would you report a violation to? Well, um, I think usually when the Quarantine Act is used, um, we know it's usually local public health that's taking the lead. And uh, it's not only about ensuring people are actually home and, and adhering to the quarantine order, but it's also about reaching out and making sure people have what they need in order to endure the quarantine in a, in a good way. Um, now, when there's thousands of people who are potentially facing a quarantine order, that becomes a lot more logistically complicated. And as we know, Public health is kind of busy at the moment, <laughs> doing many other things as well. So uh, I think it's going to be quite a challenge. Um, we don't yet know how uh, the government's going to actually implement or enforce it. Maybe we'll need the police to be involved in doing some of those checks, uh, maybe other kinds of community workers. I mean, maybe there will be um, the expectation that people let local public health know if their neighbors are not adhering to a quarantine order, although that gets down a very... Um, slippery slope, right, to lead to a kind of society um, where maybe uh, people don't really want to be living in, right? Like where we're asked to snitch on each other. That just doesn't seem like um, the kind of society that many of us would want to live in. Yeah, I don't like the idea of calling it snitching on each other. I think it's if you're not going to be responsible for the health of yourself and everyone else and quash this uh, pandemic, then we're going to have to do it for you. Like we're going to have to report. It's It's a public health issue. I think there's a, there's a balance there. Uh, yes, I mean, uh, just like uh, any time a Canadian sees a crime in process, uh, all Canadians should be reporting crimes. So if someone is violating uh, a quarantine order, it's a crime. And it's actually a really serious one, uh, given the penalties at stake, uh, that was really emphasized by Parliament to mean that this is serious stuff when that legislation was passed. I guess I'm just flagging that um, the, we really need everyone to adhere to this order because... Right it could end up moving us to a place that we don't want to get to otherwise. Stephen, I want to thank you for your time. It's been super informative, and I appreciate you joining us on the show this morning. Thanks for having me.